Hey, music nerds, you're tuning in to another episode of the Niagara Moon podcast. I'm Thomas Irwin. Um, I'm Niagara Moon. You just heard a Niagara Moon song in the introduction. If you want to learn about more things Niagara Moon, you go to niagaramoonmusic.com. Of course, because I'm discussing another album today, I've been loving these. These are so much fun. Um, I'm joined by a one Dan Barracuda, who's also an amazing song maker. Check him out at danbarracuda.com. And we're joining forces once again to talk about an album. The album this week is Father John Misty's I Love You, Honey Bear. Let's get into it. Let the record show. I want an SM7. SM7, that's what I talk on. You're hearing me through one right now. Makes my voice sound deep and radio ready. <laughs> so what album are we talking about today, Dan? Honey Bear, fuck the world. <laughs> I Love You, Honey Bear by FJM. Father John Misty. Father John Misty, hallowed be thy name. He's got a story and a half, huh? Yes, he does. So you knew this album, right? Yep. Yeah, my brother got super into Father John Misty, like around when this album was released, I think. And uh, he loved it, so I heard it residually through him. And um, it was at, my brother got married a month and a half ago. And Congratulations. Th- uh, and When You're Smiling in a Stride Me, track five, was uh, their, you know, their wedding song, their, Ooh, their dance song. That's a so racy one. It was super, like, super emotional. Uh, so it runs in the family. Uh, what are your personal feelings on him or on this album? Um, uh, it's a really good album. Okay. It's a really good album. It's just like, it's successful in that it has its own language and it has really good songs. Like, it's just like, it's like well-written and it's just like, it has its own, it lives in its own world, I think. And, um... It's good. It's rocking. It's folky. It's slow. It's smart. It's clever. It's funny. You know? Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. I'm pretty confident saying I like it as well. I would say I'm overall a fan of the guy. I think he's he's done pretty interesting things in modern pop music. This album and the one before, Fear Fun, um, I kind of discovered him at a pretty big time for me. So I, I always associate his music and particularly these songs with, uh, this was like right before I had decided I didn't want to live in Japan anymore. Oh, wow. Like I did want to settle back in the in the U.S. You know, among other things going on, I was like, well, what would it be like doing like music b- back in America? Like what's the music scene now? Like I'd kind of been out of touch with pop culture just altogether pretty much for like the last and How long were you in Japan? Uh, yeah, about three years. Three. Well, two, two and a half to three. It's It wasn't linear like I did go back once in a while. Um, but it, it was a while. I, I was uh, in college over there. So I heard Father John Misty and I'm like, at that time, it like it, it was kind of blowing my mind. Like, whoa, these lyrics and this this attitude he's putting forward, like that. this is so direct, this is so new. 
and I, I feel like I can really, like, I know this guy and what he's saying. Like, I've never heard these ideas matched with this kind of music because he's, he's so dedicated to uh, particularly, like, old school 70s uh, pop rock and, and then folk, too. And But this is just, this is very interesting. If this is what's going on, like, that, this is really appealing that stuff like this uh, has an audience. Me coming back in, in touch with uh, American pop culture a little bit more. Through, uh, through the lens of... of well, was it big? Was Fear Fun big? It had an audience. I mean, for a debut under a new name. So that, that was the first album that uh, Mr. Josh Tillman released under the new moniker, Father John Misty. I mean, I, I, I think he, he got legs. Like, it, it didn't, uh, didn't do too bad. But this, this is the album that, that got him even more attention. I think he had his, his biggest, like, week of sales after uh, he released uh, I Love You, Honey Bear. So this is, he really fully comes into his own on this album, I think. I was reading some of it on Wikipedia about him and like it said after like consistently releasing music since 2004. Oh yeah. He, he used to go by his own name, uh, Josh Tillman Tillman. or maybe he was, Jay Tillman. Yeah. Uh, and just had almost a decade of not much success with that. Things just kind of weren't happening for him until he became the drummer for Fleet Foxes uh, for their album Helplessness Blues. He's the drummer, yeah. It's a good album, and you can hear his harmonies in some of the in some of those songs too. So he kind of he got his uh, bearings um, in the bigger indie pop scene and probably made his contacts at uh, Sub Pop Records during that time. And then uh, he he emerged anew with this this totally new identity, uh, an origin story, Father John Misty. He had a very religious upbringing. Yes, uh, I, I heard an interview with him where he—I don't think he likes to revisit his his past. Uh, it sounds like there's a lot of uh, pain there. I think he has like probably evangelical parents. Like he wasn't allowed to listen to—I um, forget—is it non secular or secular? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't allowed to listen to anything that was like against God. So, but one of the things that got through was like Bob Dylan during his Jesus years. No, oh. like you got to serve somebody. So he could hear Bob Dylan because Bob Dylan went Jesus for a while. But uh, yeah, the guy had a very, very Christian kind of kind of repressed probably childhood and just took a lot of angst from that. Yeah, you know he's he's kind of this freewheeling, drug taking hippie sort of dude uh, in his adult life. So there's there's a lot of you know, when I learned that, like that, that kind of explains a lot. There's a there's a lot of inner turmoil going on with him. Yeah. Now, does Fear Fun is it like pretty similar to Honey Honey Bear in terms of like ly- crazy lyrics and you know like his flow, his like singing flow with lyrics? Yes, in a lot of ways, I would say it's a very. They definitely come from the same place. Um, a big component of FJM sound that I am all about is he works with the producer Jonathan Wilson. Yeah. I have a friend who loves him. I saw him live too. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually am pretty big fan of his uh, latest solo album. I think it's called Rare Birds. Uh, and Jonathan Wilson also produces one of my favorite modern artists, uh, Jenny O, as well. But anyway, if if you're looking to record a '70s inspired, just epic, ambitious record in Los Angeles, he is your guy, and the the pairing of them is is awesome. And Fear Fun is also very Jonathan Wilson. Yeah, the, the the Fear Fun has 
probably a couple of like my absolute favorite John uh, Father John Misty songs. As an album, it's not as cohesive. It's not what he would describe as a concept album. It's kind of like him finding his way and trying a bunch of different things with each song, and some land more than others. Uh, and the the lyrical themes are more scattered. I would say they're more like personal, but like self, like and my origin story. And it's but it's like before he really is railing against the world or or singing love songs about his wife. It's kind of like the leading up to that. Um, but it, it's pretty safe to say, if you like I Love You, Honey Bear, um, you're going to like a lot of this stuff in, in Fear Fun. But, but, but then later, he gets, he gets way more like, less musical, I heard, and just talking more in pure comedy. And so later. pure comedy, again, and even the, the most recent album, God's Favorite Customer, which I think I like a little bit more than than pure comedy. Haven't heard. It's what happens. I think is uh, he reaches this like perfect balance in "I Love You, Honey Bear," and um, pure comedy has a lot of great songs. I think the title track is is in his top five, uh, and it's got some others. But he becomes more and more like he has all these things he has to say. He has all these ideas, just these literal ideas and observations, and he just crams them in because he wants to make all these statements. And I think the music suffers a little bit because he's writing to deliver you these ideas, whether or not it necessarily makes sense as a song. Like he, he's singing less like to channel the song and more to like tell you all these ideas. And I think it, it gets bogged down and, and slow um, and a little stale and boring sometimes because of that. Uh, Did Jonathan Wilson do that? Jonathan Wilson's done everything with, with uh, FJM. They're, they're, they're definitely creative partners. Um, so it's like he, he kind of gets a little too full of himself and a little too... I mean, he, he's always been a super self-absorbed person. Um, like he's just endlessly introspective. But he, he gets a little too wordy for me, a little too heady uh, with that album. But then uh, God's Fair Customer brings more jams and I think like settles down a little bit again. Like the guy relaxes a little bit. Uh, but it's all good stuff. I, I definitely I think his catalog's pretty interesting overall. Cool. Yeah, I saw him live. Oh, you did? Uh, it was really good. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Uh, he was sick. I remember he was sick. He like said he was sick, but he like still sounded great, and that was He impressive. still could belt it out? Yeah. I, I heard from one person who went to see him that he like picks up a banana and is treating it like a phone. Did he pull that move? Maybe he did. I don't remember. <laughs> humor is so big in his music. That's another reason why I like him so much. He has this black humor like the cynical edge that i just i find very interesting i kind of put him with uh tim and eric or at least tim heidecker okay yeah they're they're kind of country cousins to me just this this certain perspective on (laughs) on modern pop culture so i love you honey bear is a really good blend of just like great music and not too still like his crazy lyrics but like before because pure comedy he kind of like the music suffers a little bit and the lyrics kind of take over and this is like a good kind of crossroads between I think it. so. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. The o- other component of this album that I think is really interesting is he's so he's such a guarded, cynical, sort of dismissive, snarky personality. Like he's he's always going to have a, a a quip. He's always going to have a witty comeback and kind of brush things off and he, Yeah. He's really challenging himself in this album to delve into his relationships and explore what's like really heartfelt and meaningful to him and 
celebrate his love with his wife. This is like a love proclamation. A lot of this yeah. is about his wife, his how much it's, he fucking... It's, he's getting past his own kind of like personal shortcomings almost to like just deliver this love in a, in a really um, ambitious way, in a really like... He's, he's making himself vulnerable on purpose and it's just it happens to be very interesting in this album, I think. There's a lot of good songs. <laughs> you want to go through it? Let's let's get it started. So, had you not re- like you knew the uh, when you're smiling and astride me from your brother's wedding, but did were you familiar with a lot of these other songs? Yeah, yeah, I knew, I knew, I love you, honey bear, I, uh, Chateau Lobby, yeah. uh, True Affection, the melody. Uh, Josh Tillman came to our apartment. Okay. I definitely knew Board in the USA really well. Yeah. Ideal husband, holy shit, yep, yeah. Yeah, there was, there was only like a couple that I was like, it was like felt kind of like a little newish to me, but uh, yeah, so I love you, honey bear. Classic, like the splash of 70s, You're like, man. In it it's like, right away, yeah. Fuck the world. <laughs> Get high on the mattress while the global market crashes. Yeah, what does he say? He's like, come in blood and makeup and like and mascara on the sheets. Like, I haven't left the bed since. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, so, like, I love this woman so much. And, like, that's it. But, but it, the whole thing is he's so self-aware and he's aware of all these artists in the past who present their love in kind of a way that maybe like falls flat or like if he tried to do it, it would seem contrived or shallow or not really thought out. He's like, you know, I'm like Mr. Neurotic, self-absorbed, have to make a a cutting joke about everything. I still have that sensibility, but I'm going to try to be really sincere at the same time. And it's that pairing that's just really unusual and totally like defines this album. Yeah. Everything is doomed and nothing will be spared, but I love you, honey bear. Oh, he does a lot of, oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, 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 What do you think about his vocals? Because <laughs> that's a huge part of the sound, too. Just his, sing- his singing voice. It, it, it's like, it's weird. It's like sometimes I like can see how I wouldn't like it. It's weird, but like, it's just so honest. And he's just saying such cool words that it's like, you know what? Like this works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just works. And but but sometimes he sounds like really great. Mm. Like I think he sounds fucking awesome when he's like, but put a bit um he's seven in the morning. Seven in the, seven morning. In the morning when they make the ideal husband. Like it put a baby in the arms. But even then, he's he, like, he, I, he probably, like, I said something stupid, like, I'm tired of running. Like, if it was a regular yeah. pop singer, they would just say, I'm tired of running. But he has to, like, call it out in the song. I came by at seven in the morning. I said, baby, I'm finally succumbing. Said something dumb, like, I'm tired of running. Tired of running. Tired of running. That's how, like, neurotic he is. Yeah. Sometimes I don't like the words he says. Like, I, I can't. I can't think of it. I think he says "horny man, child, mama's boy," that <laughs> or something. Yeah, to boot. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it feels like a little forced, yeah. but it's like balanced with a lot of genius stuff. Yeah. That like just is cool, you know. 
there there is that component of like he can always go a little bit too far up his own butt and yeah. just like stop overthinking it, man. Just like relax a little bit. Like sometimes he takes you too much into this. Yeah, like it, it, he is too smart for his own good sometimes. So he yeah. he walks that line a little bit, but I feel like less so with this album. Yep, a yeah. little. It's a little bit. Yeah, it's not like too much where it's like I don't like this. It's like some. It's like yeah. some lines. I think a good example of like crazy lyrics is uh, track four, the night Josh Tillman came to our apartment, and we sing Silent Night in three part, which was fun. I love that. <laughs> I hate that affectation. It sounds just like Sarah Vaughn. I hate that affectation white girls. That's put my favorite on. part of the album. Yeah. Is that really? Yeah. It's good. It's good. Yeah, actually, I love you, Honey Bear. Is actually not one of my favorite songs. Mm. Yeah, uh, on the album, I love Chateau Lobby. That's a great dude. one. I love, I love the melody. Like it's just like surfs. It's such a good melody. It's so good. By the time the trumpets come in, it's got such flair. Yeah. <laughs> It's like nice and, and like the, the groove. Chateau Lobby is a great. It's one of his most played stuff on Spotify. Like if you look at Good. his top songs, great song. And it it moves. It it yeah. it, keep, it keeps it going in a way that his later catalog kind of falls short of sometimes. Like it's this album's got a lot of energy. Yeah, like it's palpable between the arrangements and just he's yeah. he's ready to. And it just sounds really good. It just sounds like it. He's inspired. Um, it sounds, yeah. He's got a lot of a lot of reverb going on in his vocals. Oh, that's a given. Like yeah. it just sounds like, yeah. Uh, I really like Chateau Lobby. Weird song name. <laughs> um, True Affection. Right when I heard it, I was like, "What is this?" Like I didn't like it. I didn't like the electronic kind of cheesy yeah. sound. But I really think that his vocals mm. save it. Like the melody saves it. And it's just nice. It were it were affection. Well, that's good um, that you have that opinion on it because I think that's probably how he thought of it, and that's how maybe other people view it too. It's like it it, it sticks out. I happen to think it's a failure. Like I before we listened to it this week to talk about it, I would always skip that track. I'm sorry. Like okay, it's he doesn't belong in electronics land and i think it's also uh i mean he he vocally he does with it the like the best job he could but as the album gets like bogged down for a second for me like it's it's weird it just doesn't quite fit it's weird that it was track three that was kind of bold track three i feel like i would have put that in like track yeah yeah like you hide it a little bit more it's it's kudos to him for trying something like this and tr- trying to see how yeah. how far he can like stretch his musical world, but I just I feel like it's just clearly like it just it didn't click, it didn't come together, and it's the kind of thing I'd like just release as a B side or whatever. Right? It really it takes the album down a few notches for me, but. Um, mm. But then we get into my favorite song on the album for for a few reasons. I so so much imagery, man. Yeah. It's like a, you you're just like you're listening. I, I, you know who's like that that I don't know that well, but I just know mm-hmm. that he's like that. Is a, a um, oh my god, Ring of Fire, Johnny, Johnny Cash. Cash. Yeah, 
Stories. Stories. Yeah. I hear some Johnny Cash in uh, the Chateau lobby. I feel like if, if Johnny Cash paired with Jonathan, Jonathan Wilson, you get something pretty interesting. Yeah. But, dude, like, I love what – it's one of the best opening lines. Oh, I just love the kind of woman, woman who can who walk can, over a man. I yeah. mean, like a goddamn marching band. First time I heard this song – like like I said back in Japan, that line, like, yeah, that really, that grabs you. You're like, what is going it's on? It's so good. She says, like, literally, music, <laughs> music is the air she breathes. And the malapros, make me want to fucking scream. Yeah. I wonder if she knows what that word is. Well, it's literally not, not that. that. <laughs> yeah. He could be, in another life, he could be a comedian. He's so close to just that, like, stand-up comedy sensibility. I love, like, someone who's been told too many times, times they're, they're beyond, beyond their, their years. years. Yeah, but every half wit of distinction she keeps around, and now every insufferable combo features her patiently explaining the cosmos of which she's in the middle. <laughs> it's it's really elegant, like heightened language, to describe such like a stupid person or like a stupid situation. She blames her excess on my influence, but gladly hoovers all my drugs. I found her naked with the best friend. Like just hipster people. He's he's a weird kind of hipster figure himself, but it, it's like assessing and taking down while also like propping up this subculture like all at the same time in a weird way. I, I love music that it's really elegant and like lyrically inventive, but describing like just, yeah, stupid people or just like lowbrow situations. Like Steely Dan totally does that. Yeah. I found her naked with her best friend in the tub. We sang Silent Night in three parts, which was fun. fun. Yeah, why don't you move to the Delta? Yeah. <laughs> I obliged later on when you begged me to choke you. What a hymn kind of diss, yeah. That soulful affectation white girls put on. Yeah, it's great. And lyrics. I know exactly what he's talking about. It bugs the hell out of me, too. Like, does this 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 song doesn't have a chorus. You're right. It doesn't have a chorus, dude. It's just a story. It has it has verses and a bridge. Nothing repeats. Well, like no lyrics repeat. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. There's no like refrain. How many of the songs are like that? I know, right? I think most of them, right? Well, Honey Bear, Honey Bear. It's not like he takes like a couplet or a couple of couplets and repeats them, you know, the way you hear in a Beatles song. You're right. Yeah, aboard in the USA, he, and holy shit, he does repeat. I mean, it's not all the songs, but that's a thing for him. Is he just he has so many more lyrics and kind of directions he wants to take the song in that he doesn't just like sit on his laurels uh, in the song, so to speak. Like he he just he keeps it going until the end. It's not like he comes back to the same idea over and over. Right. Which I I like that kind of thing too. When you're smiling and a stride, my dude, whew, I love, I really love that song. I love the little, the guitar. Dude, that's, that's what it's like. The, that part, that that is so smart. There's so many layers. It's so smart. Yeah. It's so cool. It's so simple. There's no need to fear me, darling. I love you as you are when you're alone. You know what's crazy? I didn't know what the lyrics were. Dude, I'm so bad at lyrics, dude. I'm I'm so bad. <laughs> I'm not it, great It just myself. takes me forever until I'm like, oh, that's what the lyrics are? Cool. I like the song even more now. But this song, I, yeah, uh, yeah. I this was my favorite Father John Misty song uh, way before mm -hmm. I knew what the lyrics were. And it was because I just love the melody. 
I remember like he did it live. It was like the thing I remember the most. I was like, uh, that's when I realized I was like, yeah, this is my favorite drum. This because like, I didn't even know what he was saying, but I just loved like da 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 da. Like it was nice. Smooth. It was like a trail. I really like the uh, the backup vocals, like all the backup yeah. singers on this one oh, too. Oh 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 oh. How many albums are there in the 2000s or like the 2010s that give you such a sense of like grandness? Because I feel like the like the more expensive sounding like overproduced albums nowadays, it doesn't sound like a lot of people in one room making music together the way this does. It's like it sounds like computers doing fancy computer things, but like yep. he gives such a sense of like it's almost like old Hollywood, like an old orchestra. Like there's you know it's a huge studio room. I think with it's because it's all in yeah. one room. I think it's I think that's why it's like all in one room. Like everything's recorded in that room. I really admire him for for bringing back just that huge sense of space and of like just lushness. Like it's it's like a callback call to like the the wall of sound wall and Phil Spector yeah. and all things must pass. Like it, there's not a lot of albums out there. I feel like that have that kind of energy. To, so to find something like this is also really a treat for me. Did Phil Spector do All Things Must Pass? Yep, that's why it sounds like there's 400 people playing at once in a huge <laughs> echo chamber. <laughs> I'll never try to change you as if I could and if I were to. What's the part that I'd miss most? Finding God knows in my genes. Aimless fake drifter and the horny man child mama's boy to boot. Yeah, that's that's one line where I'm like, TMI. He gets a little TMI for me sometimes. <laughs> uh, that's how you live free. Truly see and be seen. Really nice song. I really that's my favorite that's my favorite one on the album. Nice. Well the we then come to my second favorite song on the album. Nothing good ever happens at the goddamn Thirsty Crow. Oh, oh, uh, I'm already taken. Sorry. Yeah. Is that what he's a good one? Keep on moving. Oh, yeah. Why the long face jerk cause your chance has been taken? Good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the humor in that. And then also in the middle, there's just such a pillowy, lovely clarinet part. It's just so old school. Yeah. Like just you drift away into this lovely symphony land. I love that part so much. It's weird how the things that like stick out to me are like the lyrics. Like, oh, that's the like, like, like even this. It's like, oh, that's the oh, song. No, where I feel he's, that like too. the Russian romantic with the blow. Yeah, up oh, yeah. Doll. Get down like a blow like, up doll. Like, <laughs> or like, like a like a like a body that'll make yeah. your daddy cry. Oh, that's the yeah, song that does yeah. that. Like that that's like his that's his weapon. His secret weapon. Like not his secret weapon, but just his his, his like, lyric hooks. His diamond is like the weird yeah. lyrics with his vocal delivery. And nobody nobody does it like him. Those those little like Yeah those little nuggets of, of uh like black humor. 
Well, who 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 does do it like him before? Like in the seventies and sixties, you know, like Paul Simon, oh, Bob well, Dylan. He, he's, like who else is very? Soup? Oh, he's well, he's he's basically doing his his Randy Newman, Warren Zevon thing. That's that's totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are definitely a couple of big guys for that. Randy Newman has a bunch of uh, like black comedy, like satirical songs. Um, yeah, that he's he's totally taking from that when he's doing a song like "Bored in the USA." And Warren Zevon has this sort of menacing humor too. Uh, and a song like Excitable Boy or even like Werewolves of London that, uh, you know, people have made comparisons between Father John Misty and those guys for sure. Yeah. Father John Misty's doing it like in a millennial way. Like he's, it, he feels like somebody I'd meet at a bar that would be like, oh, he's a bit hipstery, but you know, he's kind of funny. Like he feels, you know, he feels like a real, you know, modern day dude. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know anyone who, I don't know anyone who does it in the 2010s. Right, exactly. In the 2000s. I, I mean, they're, they're, yeah, it's kind of, sort of, with an artist like John Grant, um, which I know you don't know him. We'll, know. we'll talk about him soon, but it's, a, he, Father John Misty is like, he's the guy for that, as far as I can make out. Uh, what strange encounter? Oh, that's the one that, uh, <laughs> it's all free and too easy, giving, giving, giving it away, giving it away, away. giving it away. That's a song about like yeah. meeting a really sketchy woman, probably on like a dating app, and she like drug overdoses in his place or something like that. That'll be my last strange encounter. Yeah, half naked, looking through your telephone, run you a bath, and try hard not. I to I like freak that. Out. Yeah, that one feels very personal. I quite like that song. A little aimless. It's all free. And yeah, so I'm a decent person. A little aimless. You like his voice a lot. I think it, well, this song in particular, Strange Encounter, is sounding so big and it's got that like just choral section. And this is, he's going lush. He's going very reverby in this one. And that's when it really suits his voice well. Yeah. The yeah, moment sounds... you came to us, where I would change. He's going yeah. big in that one. I I feel like that's the biggest moment of the album is like when it's just his voice and then the band comes crashing back in. Is it so? So did his band? Did he hire a band for the studio and the same band as Studio and Live, or does he play drums in his own songs? Or uh, you're asking good questions that I don't know the answers to. I think he has a core band that he that he tours with, and I'm sure Jonathan Wilson played a lot of parts. But just looking at the Wikipedia, like there were a lot of additional like session musicians that came in too. The cover art is weird. <laughs> yeah. It's a Seattle artist. Oh, cool. Dude, I'm looking at the arrangement, like the, the credits, and it says Josh Tillman, horn arrangement for track two and string arrangement for track two. So he did some, some horn and string arrangement. That's pretty cool. I mean, I bet he's totally a studio recording nerd and like really uh, completist and... I bet he's got a lot of ambitions with with building up like a sonic world for his album. I, th- I think that's like something he's been very studious about. So it wouldn't surprise me if he's directing people around in in the the recording session a lot. That's really cool. Uh, the ideal husband. Let me put a baby in the oven. Will I make the ideal husband? So I think an ideal husband really kind of breaks away from the feel of a lot of these other songs it's like we're in angry like wild hard rock zone almost 
Doesn't it come in at like just the right time? Like it just, ooh, it's like a windy we... song, dude. It sounds like it sounds like wind is like blowing. It's got that alarm sound going on. He's gonna, back. dude. I thought he said my bowels. He says files. I, he's saying Julian's gonna take my files, as in Julian Assange, WikiLeaks guy's gonna hack me. Who's that? Oh, yeah. He's gonna take my my money getting drunk yeah. and high I, I like the song a lot dude the song kicks dude. he's he's coming to terms with all the mistakes of his 20s he's he's calling out all the the bad behavior proceeded to drive home wasted bought things to win over siblings i said awful things such wake up <laughs> one of my favorite lines is wake up at two then doing shit what is that he sings somewhere like wait i wake up at two in the afternoon and i don't do anything <laughs> i just i always like that line Sticks out for me. Telling people jokes to shut them up. Resenting people that I love. Sleep until two, then doing shit. (laughs) Just stay in bed and later lie about it. Yeah, This is his little church boy. This is like his version of a confession, isn't it? I've said awful things, such awful things. Yeah, I guess so. And now it's out. He's got to get off his chest all these these wrongs that he's done. I came by at seven in the morning. Seven in the morning. Seven in the morning. I said, baby, I'm finally succumbing. She said something dumb like, I'm tired. Oh, said something dumb like, I'm tired of running. Let's put a baby in the oven. Wouldn't I make the ideal? Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah. He's got a lot of, a lot of, uh, demons clearly got a lot of shit to say well he suffered from he suffers from depression yeah and and just a really troubled childhood from what i can gauge but yeah then then we're at board in the usa which is basically a trailer of uh pure comedy like this this is the the kind of songs he he went on to write a lot more so when my brother was showing me this album or when he'd play it all the time like this was the song that i'm like i'm like oh that's father john yeah yeah like you know, you can't forget it. I'm a little bored in the USA. Save me, why Jesus? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, just a little bored in the USA. Save me, why Jesus? Bored in the USA. And then, the, and then the laughter, the laughter. It's like so iconic. Like I think it, that's it's a good like choice. you can't forget yeah. that. Well, this this is the song where he stops, you know, he's he's so critical and has such a keen eye and just can make all these observations. And this is the song where he turns outward and he's like, okay, I'm going to like talk about the world right now. I'm going to talk about all the things that are actually going on that everybody's worried about. And I'm going to bring my sensibilities to that. And I'm going to make all these insights that you people didn't see coming, that this is where he really gets like caught up in that born in the USA and holy shit this is like his his uh transition to being Mr um observational comedy. Yeah. What what do you think of it compared to the rest of the album? Cuz for me it kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, that's what I mean. It, it totally sticks out. It's like iconic. It's it, and that this one's track 9. Yeah. <laughs> this one's like deep in. Um imagine if you made it like track fucking like 3 or 2 or something would <laughs> be crazy. But I mean, it's iconic, you know? Like you said, it's like a trailer for, like, pure comedy. 
And uh, I really love when he goes, useless education. Um, Save me, YG. Dude, this song was like, it's just so catchy. Save me, white Jesus. And ahead of its time, too, I would say. This came out before the Trump era. This is 2014, 2015. This is calling out all the issues and problems that we're crying about today he like he was a little bit ahead of it i think yeah that's true it's right you know. before trump dude the year before trump save me president jesus holy shit what is that you know yeah i mean he was saying this when obama was in office but i think he was just speaking to like white america and everything but well he he's you know he saw it all real rearing its ugly head like especially in holy shit he's 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 trying to address the gigantic, you know, hyper-religious population we have in this country and all the different ways they have this influence on on uh, culture and policy and, you know, for better or for worse. Is this the part where I get all I ever wanted? Who said that? Can I get my money back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, they're all written, especially Bored in the USA. It's like a bunch of, like, one-liner after one-liner. Yep. Yeah. And, of course, like, the the... It's similar to born in the USA, you know, mm-hmm. uh, bored, bored in the USA, save me what you just bored in the USA. Useless education, a subprime loan on a craftsman home, mm-hmm. keep my prescriptions filled and now I can't get off. Genius. Yeah. But I can yeah. kind of deal, also genius, <laughs> I can kind uh, with deal. being bored in the USA, just a little bored in the USA. I feel like this one like resonates with fucking people, you know, like. Well, it's, it's universal, you know, this is, he's not personal. In this one, and in holy shit, he's he's. This is where he's like, get ready to, you know, he's he's going into like talk radio mode. How did it happen? Bored in the USA. Yeah, yeah. Another super him. The song is so him. Mm-hmm. You know, which is very Randy Newman. You know, he's the millennial Randy Newman. Yeah, I don't know Randy Newman that well, dude. I know he did like you got a friend in me. <laughs> well, that that's his his uh, Disney career, but his Randy Newman was just this cantankerous, uh, just like this angry, biting kind of satir- satirist, S- whatever that word is, yeah. satirist. So he's like very wordy. He's very wordy. Well, he would he would write songs from the perspective of unlikable people, and like see things as they saw them, but in doing that, like kind of bring to light all their insidious fallacy like who like who who would he write from the perspective for? he would sing a song from the perspective of a racist redneck and like go deep into that world wow yeah dude i'm not very i'm not familiar with him like at all a lot of people aren't but anyway but so bored in the usa i feel like he's 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 kind of taking the mantle just really calling stuff out in society in a really like biting and kind of direct way that a lot of artists aren't sad. It's sad. It's very sad. sad. It's a yeah. sad song. I mean, a lot of artists are not willing to do that. And then holy shit is just like an extenuation of that. I just love that it's called holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. He's he's calling out all the shit uh, that is conducted by a certain part of our country. Holocaust, new regimes, old ideas. That's now myth. That's now real. And then you got the classic, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
age-old gender roles, info, infotainment, capital, golden bows, and mercury, bohemian nightmare, dust bowl, chic, chick, chic, loveless sex. This documentary is lost on this, me. This is the song where I'm like, I'm glad I'm not in his head. Yeah. Like, ah, uh, just give it a rest, man. Like, it, it's a little, <laughs> this is where he's getting a little much. Like, just relax for a second. What's wrong with you a little bit? Fuck the mother in the green. Planet cancer, sweet revenge, isolation, online friends. Oh, and love is just an institution based on human frailty. What's your paradise got to do with Adam Relax, dude. But I, I, it's kind of smart that he's putting that in, too, because he's, he's showing you, like, look, this is, like, this is what's going on in my head. Like, this is what I have to deal with. It's like straight from his head. Yeah. Like his music is straight from his head, like no real filter. And that's yeah. fucking refreshing at the same time. That's, you know, It's appealing. It's appealing and it's powerful and it sticks out. Yeah. And he's got the voice. It's all the more appealing when he can put some heart in it too, which is what really makes this album stand out. And then the, the last track I love, I went to the store one day. I love how it ends. I love how it's the last track. I love the mandolin. I think it brings you down really comfortably and really nicely. Seeing you around. What's yeah, your what's name? your name? Silence. Cut to black. I love that. I've seen you around. What's your name? Yep. And let the yard grow wild till we don't need the signs that say keep out. I've cut some money left and it's cheaper in the south. I need someone I can trust to protect me. Yeah. It's really his gift or one of them is presenting these ideas that a lot of them he's like probably just literally had. Like this is him navigating his own adult life and it could potentially be really mundane or weird to put in a song, but he just gives this a poetic bent that suddenly makes it very like universal and majestic. Yeah. That's kind of his his appeal. Dude, I want to know what his wife thinks about this shit. <laughs> I'm sure she's just as weird as he is. She's some oddball filmmaker. Oh yeah? Uh she's been in his music videos and stuff. I mean, I to be honest, I don't I really don't know much about her, but there's I, there must be a reason that they got married. Seeing you around, what's your name? Prone to paranoia when I'm stoned. Yeah. Say, do you want to get yeah. married and put an end to our endless regressive tendency to scorn? <laughs> Everyone trying to be Bob Dylan, you know? That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So with that, uh, you, uh, you, you like this album. Uh, when You're Smiling and Astride Me is your favorite. Yep, and, and Chateau Lobby. Yeah, yeah, that's a great one too. Are there any parts or aspects where you're like, mm, I'm not so big into this? I don't think so. I don't think so. It's a good album. It's very him. It's very unique. It's very unique to him. It's well done. It sounds awesome. Crazy lyrics that stick out. Yeah, it's just like a very well done album. I think it's like it's just awesome. The music's great and the the melodies are great and it's so there's, there's weird things that I don't like I wouldn't ever do. <laughs> but <laughs> but I can appreciate it and it's just very authentic. It's very authentic and re like we're transparent revealing. All right, sounds like you're a fan. How about you? Yeah, I, I. It sounds like we're really on the same page with a lot of it. Um, yeah, my favorite songs happen to be the uh, the night we went, the night Josh Tillman came to our apartment. I love how it's kind of like a 
feels like a an ode to Velvet Underground's Sunday Morning. Which I, I always like that vibe, and I love the like the strings and the Glockenspiel combo. Dude, you got to show me some Velvet Underground. Oh, okay, yeah, we'll get into that for another episode for sure. Um, so I really like. I just then the lyrics are the strongest for me there. I love his his biting humor in that one. Uh, Nothing good ever happens at the goddamn Thirsty Crow. I like for a lot of the same reasons. Those are mm-hmm. my two true affection. I wish wasn't on the album, but to each their own. Uh, overall, this is definitely the most cohesive Father John Misty album, and uh, there's a lot of nostalgia baked in there for me. I found that with time, and as as I've gotten a little older. And just more exposed uh, to other contemporary music and just gotten a little more tired of hipsters. Uh, th- I'm not so enamored by him as I used to be, but uh, I, it's, this is still pretty darn strong and pretty darn unique. So I don't know. If we're doing ratings, I'm going to give this one an 89. Nice. I'll give this one a 90. Woo. Nice. It's a good. It's a good album. But again, it's it's weird when I like give a number because it's like it doesn't mean anything. It's not like it's not like one of my favorite. It's not like yeah. It's weird. It's like it's not like kind of the kind of music that like I will like go to like that inspires me really. Yeah. But yeah. It's, I just think it's like very well done, you know. And like Father John Misty, I wouldn't say is like an influence on me, but uh, I just think I just think he did like an awesome job with this album. It's fucking kick ass. So yeah, nine A minus. I give it a ninety. Nice. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that. I kind of I consider this guy a big influence for Niagara Moon. Oh, cool. And part of that might just be Jonathan Wilson and the kind of production and, and arranging he does. But uh, I like I like Lush, and this is one of my go tos for like a Lush, Lush. sound. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah, maybe maybe I should rate it higher, but just as an album, just that damn true affection, and then. I don't know. Some other parts kind of box it down sometimes, but it's a good one. I recommend it. It's a it's a good one. Oh yeah. All right. Well, I I'm happy to hear you're you're into it. I didn't know uh, which way it would go really. And um, yeah, this is this is fun covering this one. Yeah, it definitely was. Oh, I just love the kind of woman who can walk over a man. I mean like a goddamn marching band. All right, so that's going to do it for this week. Thanks so much again for tuning in. If you want to uh, put forward any kind of uh, small gesture to help the podcast, you can certainly write a review or leave a rating on the platform of your choice. Most people tend to go to iTunes. I think iTunes is, is still a thing. And uh, next week we're going to be talking about Cat Stevens' Tea for the Tillerman. I really like that album a lot, so I'm looking forward to that. And a uh, cool thing about this past month is I've seen the uh, listener numbers for this podcast go up. I'm excited. It seems like uh, all of you are, are getting into this more. Uh, if you ever want to write to me or Dan directly, uh, give your thoughts, any feedback, requests, I'm always all ears for that. And... Um, you can hit me up on the Niagara Moon Facebook page or email thomas at niagaramoonmusic.com. All right, stay golden. I'll see you next week.